Here's what's coming up on today's show. You need to have that conversation about what are you retiring to? Do you want to volunteer? Do you want to work part-time just for a sense of purpose? Do you want to you know, spend more time with the grandkids, travel, golf, whatever it happens to be, there is no right or wrong answer. But understand that you need to retire to something, not from something. There are many factors that contribute to success, skill, good work habits, positive mental attitude, and of course, proper planning. So let's head to the drafting table and get this retirement success blueprint underway with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. I'm your co-host, Mark Killian. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome into this edition of Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart and myself to talk about retirement planning from a psychologist's point of view. That's the main topic this week on the show. We've got a few other things we'll get into as well. And as always, if you've got questions or concerns, get on Mike's calendar before you take any action and get your own retirement success blueprint by stopping by the website at crystallaketax.com. That is crystallaketax.com. And uh, Mike, we are into our second week of September. So I was on vacation last week, but it was also the first week of football. So it kind of worked out well. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well uh, at the time of taping this. Granted, we just have a couple days till this will change. The Bears are undefeated. So I guess, it, you know, <laughs> there's always optimism. That's right. Optimism. Uh, hope springs eternal, right? That's what this is true until the Packers come into town next week. Uh, Come on. You got it. You got this. You got this. Uh, Well, hey, speaking of at the time we're taping this, uh, been a rough day today uh, in the in the market. And so we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, We're dropping this on Thursday. We taped this a couple of days ahead of time. But uh, CNBC and of course, many people probably saw that the S&P fell about four percent today at the time. Again, we're taping this. And uh, on pace, they were saying, or I guess for the worst day of 2022, what, what's your take on all this? Yeah, it's kind of, kind of a crazy day. And it, it all started with, you know, we had our inflation print. So the August prints came in. Everybody thought it was going to be a little bit lower because last in month. July, the, right? The, yeah, correct. July had dropped down, you know, to a very low eight and a half percent. Never thought we'd be celebrating eight and a half percent inflation, but it was better than the 9.1 the prior month. Mm-hmm. So we were trending in the right direction. And it actually came in a little bit hotter than expected. And the biggest concern of what the market's digesting is that, does that mean that the Fed is going to be even more aggressive in raising interest rates? We're already kind of baked in maybe three quarters of a percent again here in September, mm-hmm. maybe another quarter point moves um, towards we get towards the end of the year. The The bigger concern really is yesterday, and this, and this would have been Monday, mm-hmm. yesterday the, the market rallied almost 2%, right, in anticipation of a lower inflation number. So basically it just gave back you know, yesterday's gains and a couple of percent more, which were still above the June lows overall. I think the the way that we would counsel clients on this or prospective clients anyway, is one, just kind of lean back on your plan. What does your plan say? You know, um, the volatility, just a natural part of being in the market. Everybody understands it's not a risk-free portfolio they have. And I wouldn't necessarily overreact to big swings. A crazy thing, if you kind of look at it, and this is what really has you know, kind of gotten everybody's drawers a little bit, is <laughs> if you look back to last year, which was a great year in the market, uh, in 2021, we didn't have one day that the market moved 4%. Yet in 2022, this is already our seventh day this year. Wow. Where we've had 4% market swings. So, you know, everybody's a little uneasy. Once again, is it more volatile than normal? Sure, because we're in the middle of a bear market right now. There's going to be bear market rallies, and then we're going to get back some of the gains. Key thing is, once again, focus on your plan. Make sure you're not already taking too much risk, so that way you can kind of weather the storm, and it's still blue skies ahead. 
Yeah, and it's definitely, you know, there's going to be a lot of that. And I believe it was a couple of weeks ago, right after they passed the Inflation Reduction Act, that the Fed chairman, I think, said, you know, he didn't expect it to completely dissipate. As a matter of fact, I believe he said it might even tick up the as the year ended out. So I guess he wasn't too far off the mark there. So we'll see how, how it all plays out. But um, that's some great points and great highlights for you to kind of shine for us on that. So we'll keep talking about that, I'm quite sure as the year winds down. But for now, let's talk to the or turn to the psychology, which I guess in a way kind of works well with even the market conversation a little bit, Mike, because um, it's all psychological when we're dealing with us and dealing with this kind of stuff. And, and we'll put links to the article we're going to reference today in the show notes. Uh, but it is from a, a licensed professional counselor, Kate Schroeder. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Uh, from Psychology Today titled The Psychological Investment in retirement. And so I just wanted to go over kind of a couple of key points to analyze, have you break these down for us from the financial aspect, Mike, and, and give us your take and we'll, we'll run through this real quick. But um, the first one, it says kind of the key takeaway again is few people consider the consequence of walking away from their life and their routine. I think the word routine, it really stuck out to me that really has defined them for decades. If you've been fortunate enough to work someplace a long period and you're moving into retirement, it's tough, right, to walk away from this kind of thing. Many people have wrapped their identity up in this. No, absolutely. And I think routine is the the thing you focus on right there is all of a sudden, you know, not only when the paycheck stops, you wonder about, you know, where's your income going to come from, mm-hmm. but even just how you spend your time. You know, I, we have an entire chapter in the book. Uh, so the second book that just got published back in August was The Retirement Success Blueprint, same name, sake of the show, and, you know, how to build the retirement you deserve. And basically, we have an entire chapter about that individuals need to focus as they're going into retirement. So not the day of, but six months, six years ahead of time, is what are you retiring to, not retiring from? Because the problem is the retiring from, that's great. Then maybe one day you wake up, and you're like, hey, great. You know, I don't have to worry about the alarm clock. I don't have to do anything anymore. But after about two weeks, two months, now what? Right. So now all right. of a sudden you still have the same 24 hours in the day, but you have very little obligations other than maybe a honey-do list on the things you need to do. So as you approach retirement, you and if you're married, your spouse, you need to have that conversation about what are you retiring to? Do you want to volunteer? Do you want to work part-time just for a sense of purpose? Do you want to you know, spend more time with the grandkids, travel, golf, whatever it happens to be, there is no right or wrong answer. But understand that you need to retire to something, not from something. Yeah, that's great points for sure. Because the author does go on to say that the research shows that the number one things, uh, the thing retirees struggle with is finding that kind of consistency, something maybe genuine or even lasting in their retirement meaning, I guess, if you want to kind of use that term. And I think that goes right along with what you're saying. So that's another great point. It's like find something that, uh, as we said, don't retire from something, retire to something so that you have something that motivates you. I think as humans, we all need structure still. No, absolutely. And I I think you stipulated first earlier on the thing is work for the last 30, 40 years has been your identity, Right. right? Your entire purpose, your significance, both personally and professionally have been tied to what you've done. You know, it doesn't matter if you were a school teacher, doesn't matter if you were a janitor, doesn't matter if you were a police officer, doesn't matter if you're a financial professional, no matter what you did, your entire identity was tied up in that. And one of the things when we're kind of going deep in some planning with individuals, you know, and we're talking about estate planning and even just what we're going to do in retirement, when we start really having that lasting meeting conversation is we'll sit down and say, okay, you know, let's say they were to write your obituary today. What would it say? 
you know, just about your life. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so then they'll, they'll come up with all different kinds of things. You know, it's a little weird at first, but then, you know, all of a sudden it starts to flow. And then I'll say, okay, so let's assume they're in their, you know, mid sixties or something at this time. And I said, okay, if we were to sit here 20 years from now, what would you like to say? Mm, yeah. And, ba- and basically what it does is it, it lets them think about what would they like to do different in this last third of their life. Now you got me thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pondering that myself. So, uh, yeah, so good points for sure. So, again, talking about this article, the psychological investment in retirement, another key uh, point to analyze a little bit here is reaching retirement is a good time you know, to, to kind of embrace the person that you want to be and enjoy the things that you've always wanted to do. And I think, isn't that like truly the, that doesn't feel too groundbreaking from the fact that I think that's the goal of retirement, isn't it, Mike? I mean, let's get to retirement so we can kind of do the things we've always wanted to do. But maybe that be who you want to be is a nice little wrinkle to put on that as well. Maybe you've wanted to be, you know, just more giving or or whatever the case is with your time or with your money or whatever. Absolutely. And I think that that's really going kind of going back to that you know, for decades, you've had to do something, whether you loved it, hopefully you did. But you know, many times people don't, they get significance out of it, because it's what they do, but mm-hmm. maybe it doesn't satisfy them internally. So one of the things is, you've had to do something for so long. Now, what is it that you want to do? Now that you have time on your hands, now that you've saved, now that you have the income that you need in retirement, you know, because you've had a well built out plan, Retirement's just the next stage of your life. And if you're 60, 65 years old and you're in pretty good health, there's a really good chance you got another 30 years ahead of you. So that means that here knocking on the door of retirement, you still have a third of your life in front of you. You know, and a lot of times we'll talk on this show about, you know, one of my mentors, Tom Hegna, when he breaks down retirement into three different segments. One is the go-go years, mm-hmm. your slow-go years, and your no-go years. And the go-go years are you know, you're in your mid-60s, mid-70s, you're never going to be healthier, you've got the most time, you've got the most money, so that's when you want to go out and travel, you want to spend time with the kids, the grandkids, you want to volunteer, anything that gives you purpose. Now, that's going to get followed by mid-70s to mid-80s in your go-slow years, where health things might start creeping up, you might start slowing down a little bit, you know, and then so maybe you're not really getting out doing as many things, and then that's going to be followed mid-80s plus into your no-go years, where, you know, you can't go and you don't want to even if you could. So the combination <laughs> of all that is really why you look at, you know, what are you going to do with the next 20, 30 years of your life? And more importantly, focus on those first 10, because really that's when you're going to have your health. That's when you're going to have your relationships. And that's when everybody, you know, you can add the most value even to others in your life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's probably something that gets overlooked a lot. And now I want to kind of flip away from the article a little bit. And there's, a, there's a few more key points that we can certainly talk about, but I want to talk about how it relates to what then you actually see. Okay. So um, kind of just some follow-up on that. Have you seen clients mentally prepared uh, for retirement before they get there? Or is that a big hurdle for many of them? They, they're they so focused on the X's and those they get there and they haven't really thought about some of those mental transitions. For most, it's a hurdle. Uh, one is because they've never gone through this exercise before, you know, and that's why I use that eulogy example, because most people, you know, won't kind of sit back and be vulnerable enough to actually think about, okay, well, what does next look like? You know, they're just head down, working hard, doing whatever they need to be to be successful today. And then and I would say one of the sadder things, and it's only comes from a relationship, and I know it's helped improve my relationship with Karen, you know, just vicariously living through clients, is that a lot of times husband and wife, they haven't even had this conversation. Mm-hmm. So they're sitting they're sitting there at the same table with me saying, hey, we, we're retiring. And they haven't even had the conversation of what each of them want out of retirement. 
And that's where you see a lot of the headlines now about gray divorce, about individuals. I think, you know, since 1990, uh, divorce rates for those 50 and above have doubled. For those 65 and above, they've tripled. Wow. Uh, you know, and why? Because now that everybody's living longer, now that, you know, saved more and, and these kind of things, now all of a sudden you start saying, is this how I want to spend the next 20, 30 years of my life? Mm -hmm. And if you're not on the same page with your partner, then that's going to be an issue. Yeah. Especially when we're kind of looking at that as the clock's winding down, right? So I want to be happy. I want to do the things I want to get done. And if we're no longer on the same page, you can certainly see how those, those numbers have crept up. Uh, but very, very alarming still to, to kind of deal with that. So you kind of touched a little bit on some of my pieces of my next question. So folks, more you saying more folks are star struggling with that position than not. What role as an advisor are you playing in that, if, if any? I mean, I imagine we, we've joked many times about the marriage counselor hat. I guess you're probably really, really wearing it at that point. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. And I don't know as much marriage counselor, although sometimes it feels that way. <laughs> okay. I always say behavioral counselor, okay, there you, go. <laughs> you know, but it does sometimes go between. And a lot of times I'll joke, especially when we're talking about, you know, risk or other kind of things and they're on polar opposites and I'll say, Hey, you two have to live together. So let's figure this out. Right. Uh, so so the, the other part of it is, yeah, I see clients struggle when it, when it comes out to that. And, and it's because they haven't gone through this exercise. You know, and so I, I think, you know, what an advisor, an advisor isn't just about giving you stocks and bonds and mutual funds and things like that. That's table stakes. You can go buy that at your own, you know, on your own <laughs> online brokerage. What an advisor is going to do, they're going to give you good tax advice. They're going to make sure that your state planning's in order. They're going to make sure that they're holding your hands in days like today and years like this so that behaviorally you don't make decisions that you can't come back from mm -hmm. at the end of the day. So part of that also is if we can get you early enough before you retire. Then it's to make sure that we, that the two of you, if you're married, or even if it's just yourself and your family, just sitting down and having a conversation of what next looks like for you. So if we know we're going to retire in the next three to five years, well, what are we going to be doing? If income wasn't an option, what would you want to do? And then it's really just having a conversation to truly make you kind of think about that. And I don't expect them to tell me all their deepest, darkest secrets and those kind of things, but it is about having a conversation. And I think kind of my role sometimes in that is really just kind of nudging them along. And I tell clients all the time, and sometimes I mention it on the show, is I vicariously live through them. I've been doing this for 22 years as a fiduciary financial planner. So I've seen probably 98% of the things in the world that there are to see as it relates to relationships, tax issues, family dynamics, you know, forebear markets, all these kind of things. So I've seen the best and the worst, not only in the markets, but in people. Yeah, And I, I try to kind of share that with them so that they can make smarter choices along the way. That's excellent points for sure. This side of planning, Mike, is it something that you've always done this, uh, you know, the softer side, for lack of a better term? Has it always been something that you've put alongside the financial elements or has that evolved over the years? Uh, it's definitely evolved over the years. I, I, th I think in a context of probably three different things. Mm -hmm. One, just going from kind of a snot-nosed kid early on, not knowing <laughs> anything, you know, just growing up in the business, so to speak. Secondarily, I think it's, you know, seeing my parents' age and seeing my clients' age over the last, you know, two decades plus. And the third was the inclusion of kids, you know, and, and the dynamic that that changes. You know, I think my, my kids now, my two oldest sons are 24 and 22. My daughter's at 19. Boys are out of college. My daughter's a sophomore in college. So the lens in which you view things at different stages of your life, independent of what I do on a daily basis, 
uh, is going to kind of cloud that good or bad in different ways. Yeah. Uh, so I try to share that with clients as well. That's awesome. That's definitely awesome. Well, again, folks, we'll share the link to the article in the show notes if you'd like to check it out for yourself. But we thought that made for some good conversation pieces here this week on the podcast. And uh, as always, don't forget to subscribe to the show on whatever platform you like to use. You can check out uh, the website, get some good tools, tips, resources, all that stuff at Mike's website, crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. You can also drop a line, uh, shoot an email over if you'd like to as well, ask a question. And that's usually how we wrap things up. So we've got Harold in Lake Forest, I almost said Wake Forest, because uh, I'm so used to the college ball, <laughs> college basketball <laughs> and the Wake Forest team. Anyway, Harold, here's your question, buddy. He says, Mike, I'm almost 60 and I don't have any money in Roth IRAs. Should I be converting some IRA money to the Roth over the next couple of years? Yeah, Harold, that's a great question. And that's not even a stock bond kind of question. You know, I always sometimes I put my tax hat on since we have a tax practice in-house or estate planning because we got estate planning in-house, you know, or of course the financial side of it. But on this, I'll put the tax hat on. Really, that comes down to multiple things. And it's going to be a little more complicated than just answering it here. But just for the broader audiences, Harold, I'll kind of let you know. So one, how much longer are you going to work? Two, what tax bracket are you in right now? So we know how much, based on the income you have, how much more can you stay in the same tax bracket and kind mm -hmm. of maximize that, you know, so you can, can start converting some money, but not really pay any more as a percentage of your income out in taxes. You know, if you've got a couple hundred thousand dollars in an IRA, probably not because you're never going to be in a higher tax bracket because of taking money out of the IRAs. Now, that being said, we're working with clients that have three, $5 million plus in their IRAs in their 60s. And even if they don't need that money near term, by the time they get to 72 and they have required minimum distributions and things that have to be taken out, that's going to be a tax time bomb. And it's going to blow up their tax return and kick them in up two, three tax brackets and cause all kinds of issues with Medicare pricing and everything else. So Harold, on that, sit down with a fiduciary financial planner and actually have, who understands taxes, by the way, and then actually can put it together kind of in black and white. Does it make sense for you to even consider a Roth conversion? If it does, make sure they show you in black and white why it makes sense and also at what level it makes sense, because that's a huge thing. Years ago, I think it was about 10 years ago, you used to be able to reverse it. So you could do a Roth conversion in January or February. And it, let's say in a year like this year, the market's down. So you know you converted 100,000, but now it's worth 70. Then you'd be able to reverse that now you don't owe the taxes on that money because it's worth a lot less, but you're paying taxes on a lot more. Uh, when they changed the tax code a few years back, they changed it where once you do that Roth conversion, you're stuck with it. You know, So once again, there's a lot of moving parts with that, Harold. You just want to make sure that if it makes sense for you, you know why. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, Harold, as we mentioned many times on the show or for others in a similar situation, uh, Crystal Lake, which is the, the company at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial, uh, is a one-stop shop. does have the CPA, the enrolled agent, paralegal, all on staff. So if you've got some questions, again, reach out to them. 815-526-3092 is the number. Or just stop by the website at crystallaketax.com. Mike, good chat as always. Thanks for hanging out with me. And I will see you in a couple of weeks. And go Lions. I mean, Bears. Well, <laughs> go both. Take care. <laughs> we'll see you next time, my friend. Thanks for tuning in to the Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies, LLC, are not associated entities. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial is a franchise of the Retirement Income Store. The Retirement Income Store and Sound Income Strategies, LLC, are associated entities.